And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with another episode for you guys of the Purple Rain podcast. TCU is 9-0. They are number four in the country. It's about time they finally got some respect from the committee, but the road does not stop there for our beloved Horn Frogs, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Purple Rain podcast. I am Michael Pivia, as always. Joined by me is obviously the dearest friend, Adriana Arojo. How you doing, Adriana? I'm doing good. I mean, honestly, can't complain. TCU's getting some respect on the national stage. Love to see it. Um, 9-0. I'm doing good. Got a basketball win, barely, but got a win nonetheless. Home game, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, Can't complain. Can't complain. Hey, my NFL is tanking right now, so my NFL team is tanking, and I'm I'm happy with it. I'm cool with it. I'm ready for the hard restart, but... There's also other sports and other teams that are keeping me happy with sports. Like my high school alma mater won our district for the first time in 20 years. Going to the playoffs on Friday, I will be there. And TCU is 9-0. and They're being headlined once again by college game day. We will get to all that good stuff, all that juicy stuff later. But before we get there, TCU is 9-0. and How did they get to 9-0? and they beat down on the little brother that is Texas Tech. It was it was a very ugly game at, at first, maybe for like the first three quarters. But, man, T- TCU stormed back in the fourth quarter. And the way that this team just responds in the second quarter after adjustments are made, and it just seems like all of this is... Some people want to say it's luck. Some people want to say, oh, you know, TCU is good, but they're starting to slow down. I don't see that at all. I see that this strength and conditioning program is clearly helping TCU. It's clearly because they're – it's like they're lasting longer. Their energy is lasting longer. They're stronger. They're longer. Their their endurance is just to the top. Anytime – In this game, you saw Texas Tech's defensive line was kind of handling TCU a little bit. They were were doing their thing. Tyree Wilson over on the edge is going to be a first-round pick. He's going to hear his name night one of the NFL draft. But as the game went on, you just saw TCU offensive line is getting better while the Texas Tech defensive line is getting tired. And you saw that take its toll in the fourth quarter. Kendra Miller again with another 120-plus rushing yard game. And the Horn Frogs win 34 to, to to would have been 34 to 17. Garbage time touchdown, 34 to 24. Would have liked the points there, but what did you think about the game, Adriana? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that I saw here was I mean, obviously we know the impact that Quentin Johnson has, but just seeing how much uh the defense and how much defense coverage that he just the looks that he gets, just the turning of heads that he gets and how much that impacts how other receivers are open. Um, that was huge because Max Duggan, I mean, in that first half, he looked lost and he was looking downfield. He had time. He had plenty of time over and over. And you could just tell that he had nowhere to go. Like look downfield, no receivers were open. He'd either hold on to the ball too long um, and not just, you know, run or throw it away and end up getting sacked. It is definitely one of his worst uh, halves of football. And so that was really tough to watch. But 
on the bright side, you could just see the impact that Quinn Johnson has and just the defense just swarms him and it gets so many other guys open and you could tell that Max Duggan wasn't expecting, um, you know, not having him there and was rattled by that. But we did see some other receivers step up, which was great to see. I think over the past few games, one of the biggest receivers that I've seen step up is Savion Williams. He's been able to make some really athletic catches um, and be kind of uh, a reliable guy for Max Duggan, which has been great. And one of the things that I was kind of irritated with, I'll say, is that I felt as though we were getting a little bit peer pressured into going for it on fourth down. I don't know how you felt, but I know tech, I was at a point, it was like, well, we have nothing to lose. We might as well go for it on fourth down. You know, they were going for it on a, a lot of them. And I felt like we kind of got pulled into their game a little bit and we were doing the same thing. Um, and so a few of those, I was a little irritated. I was like, well, I don't really know if, you know, that was the best move. And here and there, I felt like we were kind of getting peer pressured <laughs> into making these kind of decisions. And really, we should just be sticking to our own game. Um, but like you said, the biggest thing for me is just overall adjustments and how well this team takes adversity and takes everything in stride and is able to make those in game and it's noticeable. And I think that alone is going to take this team really far because not everyone can do that. And as far as the strength and conditioning, I know there's been a lot of talk on Twitter. I'm sure you've seen it, especially with this game with tech fans about hurting quarterbacks, this and that, um, injuring players, yada 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 regardless um, if the players came into the game injured already but yes we do take out a lot of context <laughs> in these twitter posts but i think in general like i've seen such a difference in our strength and conditioning program and how well like our players are able to like you said outlast the other team and kind of uh they're just so durable, I guess. And that's not a knock on other teams, but I think that's an aspect of the game that a lot of people kind of neglect or don't look further into um, when they're kind of looking at these different aspects. But yeah, a lot of these guys were already hurt going into the game, but you know, that's neither here nor there, but um, those are my main takeaways. Yeah, I think this game was very telling early on. Obviously, the defense gets a first, gets gets a three and out to start the game. And then Darius Davis takes it to the house. By the way, I just want to say, you probably didn't hear it. You may have gone back and watched it on YouTube and heard the highlights. But I miss Gus Johnson calling TCU games, man. I really miss it. Um, for some reason, Fox has that man married to Ohio State. I'm not sure if his children go there, if his wife is a professor at Ohio State. I have no idea. But they just have that crew married to that university. And it's good that they got to highlight TCU. Big noon kickoff was there. Some of this game, I felt like this was, or last week, was a big week centered on TCU. The ranking show, why were they so low? Everybody saying TCU was disrespected. Big noon kickoff, those distractions. And it felt like the team just let all the talking speak for them 
instead of going out on the field and making a statement. And I felt like that message kind of got through to, through, to, through to them in the fourth quarter, 45 minutes into the game. Better late than never, though, right? I think easy, easily in the first half, like you said earlier, I think this was the worst half that Max Duggan has played all season. A little bit was, again, missing some throws. I mean, there were some throws that there was a deep seam route to Darius Davis that I think would have been a touchdown. It would have been 14 to zero right there. Overthrew him. Just those throws you have to make. You have to make those throws. He wasn't reading the defense as well. His his pocket presence was just a little, it, it was a little, what, what, what is the word that I'm trying to say? It was just too staggered for me. And not getting rid of the ball quick enough, it was just so frustrating because you know Quentin Johnston. I think he was like there on the first drive and he didn't play again. Had an ankle injury, re-aggravated it a little bit in warm-ups. You obviously saw he was still on the sideline. But I think as the game went on, he calmed down a little bit. Look, like this whole week was about him. Joel Klatt, who has been talking nothing but TCU football all year, was in town and he was able to talk with Max. Big noon kickoff was here. They highlighted him, Sonny Dykes, the basketball team, Coach Dixon and Mike Miles and all of this stuff. And it just felt like TCU came to the party late. Another thing is, well, I'm not going to mention it, but it's just ridiculous. But I think another part that I think we're not talking about is the reason why Texas Tech was able to figure a little bit of stuff out, especially with Max's tendencies. Because as I went back and watched the game, I started noticing like Texas Tech was doing a couple different things on defense they haven't done all year. And it's like, why were they doing things differently in this game? Why were they, you know, dropping, you know, a defensive lineman at times into coverage and bringing a safety or a corner in? And, you know, who knows? what Max's weaknesses are. And then I look over on the sideline on TV and I see former TCU defense alignment coach Zarnell Finch over there. Like, that's why this Texas Tech defensive line was tough. And that's why. I'm just like, how did I forget that? Big Z is over there coaching them. So, and the fact that you were able to Get stuff going. And this is where I love this TCU team. They lead the country in 50-plus yard touchdowns. But that's just not the only way they can beat you, Adriana. You were in the stadium. They were having a little bit of trouble finding some consistency in the pass game. So what did they do? They handed the ball off to Kendra Miller. And as the game continued to go on, TCU offensive line, they started to wear down on that Raiders defense and you saw it 21 carries 158 yards and this we'll get it to into it here in a little bit but i thought it was just another solid win because texas tech you'll look at the record and say oh my gosh it's texas tech they're the best pass defense in the big 12 they are the best pass rush win rate defensive line in the big 12 so not only do they get pressure on the quarterback the best in the big 12 but they also defend the pass and allow the least amount of passing yards in the big 12 and you were able to do that to that team 
See, there's a lot of context we leave out when talking about these opponents that TCU plays. So I hope the committee took that into account, although they probably didn't because they're just athletic directors. They're not coaches or anything. So now, and then afterwards, first off, if there's any Texas Tech fans listening to this, my goodness, you are a toxic fan base. You are such a toxic (laughs) fan base. I thought Kansas State fans were bad. But goodness gracious, everybody, even people that cover them professionally, their beat writers, are just talking about, oh, the refs were this, the refs were that, a face mask call that wasn't a face mask call <laughs> turned the entire game. Well, damn it, R.C. Kingman, what, which that was it, R.C. Kleiman, my, mind you, That was the biggest 21-point penalty I've ever seen in my life. And I've been watching football for a while. Adriana, you've been watching football for a while. That's the biggest 21-point penalty I've ever seen. Yeah. No, definitely. So, like, uh, after they called the flag, 21 points immediately got on the play clock. Or on on the scoreboard is what they're saying. Never been done before. (laughs) History-making frogs. Yes, there was. What was your reaction to that? It honestly just it wasn't that surprising um based on my previous interactions just because I mean even when we beat uh tech in like basketball they were like yelling at me like oh have fun in the NIT and it's like okay I'll I literally see you in March like I don't know why you're yelling at me also you just lost like go back to Lubbock um I don't know it's just weird uh but that's just kind of the type that they are um I will say just respect the passion that they have and they travel really really well so respect to them on that regard um but yeah it wasn't very surprising just to see all the discourse on Twitter especially because even before this like all the stuff with the tickets and you know all of that has been going back and forth since the ticket sales have even been announced and I feel like every single time uh, Donati, you know, our athletic director posts anything, they're like in the comments, like let us buy tickets or this or that. They are, you know, and you always know it's them too because they got the little cactus emoji um, in their name. But yeah, that wasn't surprising, but it definitely uh, makes it more fun and just adds to the, you know, little rivalry, if if we'll call it that. Um, but yeah, Twitter is always a good time after a game like this. I think Brian Carrington's post was probably the the funniest one that I oh, saw. Oh, that video. that sent them into a frenzy. That was hilarious. Off. Um, yeah, Texas Tech fans. Wow, it's like I'm not sure if they knew what their record was going into this game. But if you knew nothing about Texas Tech, you would think that they were like 8-0 and and they just suffered their first loss. The excuses, and here's my thing. Everybody was blaming the refs, and I'm sitting here thinking, did you just get here? Big 12 refs have always been bad, and you're just now acting like you figured that out. So play through it and be better. So Adriana, they just found out Big 12 refs are bad. They just found that out. So we've been knowing that. We've known that for a while. Um, but it was fun. Er- Jeremiah Donati coming out being petty. 
And <laughs> again, if the Texas Tech fans, if you were a Texas Tech fan, wouldn't you want to buy packet a package like that? Not only do you get to go to the game, but also those tickets that you don't even use, you keep them away from TCU fans going. But I guess not everybody in Lubbock has a brain, I guess. I, I, I don't know. But that was that game. Honestly, I was nervous going into that game. I know we didn't get to do a show, but I was nervous going into that game only because this was Texas Tech's Super Bowl. This was their biggest game. They had circled all offseason. TCU fans mocked the Joey McGuire hiring. Well, I think everybody mocked that, but Texas Tech fans just took it out on TCU. You had the you had basketball, TCU uh, beating them. They got upset over that. And then you had all the ticket stuff going on there. And then through the season, everybody's talking trash to one another. They circled this game. And this game had me very, very nervous, more nervous than I am about the game we're about to start talking about because it was just, oh, man, this is their Super Bowl. This is their biggest game of the year. So uh, credit to the TCU defense. I know Joey McGuire going for it on every fourth down. I admire the man. I, I do having a lot of passion in it. Some stuff that TCU defense did, it kind of confused me a little bit, especially when it was fourth and three, fourth and two, fourth and one. And you see Donovan Smith come in. Who else is getting the ball? Like he's coming in. Who else is getting the ball? Crowd the line of scrimmage and stop it. And three times that happened, TCU finally stopped it when they were on the run that they were in, in the fourth quarter. But the rest, they were just, they, they were just, I, I don't know why, but I think everybody saw when Donovan Smith came in, no one else was getting the ball. It was a quarterback draw. That's all it was going to be, and they got a first down off of it. But this was, a, I think, a complete game from the TCU defense. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Definitely. and this Texas Tech offense can put up points. They can put up points. And the fact that TCU showed that, that they put a complete game together, they kept this a game. They kept this a game for us. So shout out to them, uh, D winners called for a targeting it's it's blatant targeting i don't i mean it, it's tough it's a bang bang play but never should you lead with the crown of your helmet he will miss the first half of the texas game he was disqualified in the third quarter uh shadrick banks will be starting for him uh for that first half but other than that i think it's okay to now lead into the next phase of this show which we're going to talk about the college football rankings okay what was your initial reaction to seeing TCU at number four? I mean, it was really cool to see them get the respect that they, I think, deserve. I mean, after this weekend, especially like Clemson losing to Notre Dame, Alabama losing Tennessee, um, trying to think who else lost, uh, Tennessee losing to Georgia. Um, I think, you know, a lot of us had the expectation that TCU would be at four. Um, I was actually at Dutch's like with my family whenever the rankings they had like the ranking show um up and it was really cool because like everyone like went crazy whenever they finally like announced TCU as four so that was like a really fun place to be but you know with the committee and stuff you never know if they're going to define any of those teams that I just mentioned any of their losses as you know what they said quality losses um so 
that's just, you know, a factor that you never know. And then at this point, I feel like a lot of the justifications that they have, they never really make sense in like the context. For example, like last week, I think for TCU, they said like, oh, they haven't put together a complete game. They haven't put together like a complete game. You know, they struggle in the first half against teams and they've, you know, they barely beat them, yada, yada, yada. And saying all this stuff about justifying why TCU is seven. And then, you know, they kind of uh, reward Clemson. And it's like Clemson almost lost to Syracuse. <laughs> like they were down, you know, most of the game and, you know, barely pulled it out at the end. And there's a lot of other teams that you could say, you know, the same things about. And like, oh, we're looking for a holistic team, a team that's well-rounded on both offense and defense. Um, but it's just interesting to hear what the committee says about their justifications for each individual ranking. Um, because I know a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, these rankings each week don't matter until the final week. Um, and I feel like, if anything, the justifications and their like logic and thinking behind it is what matters in kind of understanding, well, this is what they're valuing at this point, or this is what's more important to them and stuff. Um, but it was interesting to hear the first week. It was like, okay, I understand what you're saying, but also I don't think that you applied your own rules to everyone equally, especially after this past week with like Clemson, for example. Um, but definitely excited to see TCU at four. Um, and I don't know, I'm, I am a little nervous as far as the conference aspect and valuing conferences more so over, you know, the big 12, but for now it feels good for sure. Here's my thing. Like I, I believe they should have been in the top four anyway, this is my problem with putting people like if you would have just put this system in a computer and let them figure it out, you set a certain criteria and that is going to go by that criteria. And we've learned in this playoff era that each year the criteria changes because there's a little Cincinnati that's playing. There's a little Washington or a Utah or a Texas a or whatever the case may be. There's always somebody who's showing their worth, but Oh, we just need to see something out of them. What they want to see is you winning by 50 points. That's what they want to see. I think we should be ranked ahead of Ohio State because our strength of record is much better. Who is the toughest team that Ohio State has played? I mean, they, they beat Notre Dame, who can't pass the ball worth a damn. And they beat Clemson doing what Clemson can't do, which is play run defense. And they ran the ball on Clemson. And then you go to Penn State, who I think is overly overrated every single year. I think they're a solid team, but they shouldn't be top 10, top 15. I don't know where that comes from. So when you do that and, oh, can't forget about one in seven Northwestern. And then you know what? After that, a daunting task this weekend against three and six Indiana can't imagine going through that schedule uh but then you go on the road to kansas and have to play a backup quarterback who just might transfer and win a power five starting quarterback job next year you got him and then you play oklahoma state and then you play kansas state 
against their quarterback that blew out Oklahoma State, and then you beat a uh, West Virginia team. You, you won four in a row, top 25s. I thought they should have been there already. And then this is what's irritating my soul. Everybody is saying, oh, well, again, they had to come from behind. Come from behind where? They were only down four points. They were only down four points. You're acting like they were down three touchdowns. They had to come from behind. Clearly, y'all didn't watch the game. And here's my biggest issue. Heather Dinich speaks out of both sides of her mouth. In 2015, go back to 2015, when TCU was undefeated. Her biggest gripe against TCU, what defense do they play? But then in the same breath this year, she's saying USC has a legit shot to make the playoff. USC is allowing like 33 points a game. What defense? I mean, it's Lincoln Riley. You know he doesn't have a defense. So what defense is being played there? Oregon is playing the Pac-12. What are they really playing? And then UCLA, you know, I think that that's a conference that'll just beat itself down. But in the Big 12, you have everybody, almost everybody's almost bowl eligible except for what, Iowa State and West Virginia? That's eight other teams that are fighting for it. And it took all of this just to get there. So it's also weird that LSU popped up at number 10, but even after beating Alabama, they earned it. So they're at number four. They should have been number four. I think they should be number three personally ahead of Michigan, but because they're not playing no names in the big 10 and not blowing them out by 40, they're being held uh, against it. But all they can do is just do their job and went out. Right. So uh, I think that'll do it for the rankings show. Now it's time to get into the big one. The game that no one seems to be giving TCU a chance in. College game day is going to Austin. They will be in Austin. And, and the subtle dig Reese Davis took at Texas. <laughs> yes, we will be in Austin for game for, for the game, but we are there for the TCU story, not Texas. And I don't know about you, Adriana, but that was flat out disrespectful. That was so disrespectful to Texas. Like we're going to Texas, but we're there for the TCU story. Okay. Yeah. Um, it also just, it just feels good. Like we're, we we're three times we're headlined by either ESPN or Fox. Your, your reaction to that. Yeah, no, it's definitely awesome. I think that it's just thinking about, too, like our expectations coming into this year and like what everyone thought we would do. Like, I don't think anyone expected that game day would be at even one of our games. Um, Nonetheless, two and then also host Big Noon kickoff as well. Um, So it's definitely awesome to hear and even just thinking, like hearing Reese Davis say that, like, uh, yeah, we're not here for Texas, by the way. We're here following the TCU story, um, especially with how big of a brand Texas is, not only nationally, but um, in the college football, you know, space. So that is definitely feels good for TCU, for sure. Um, I heard that the other night and I was like, dang, that's, 
that's throwing some shade, but I'll, I'll honestly, like, I'm fine with it. Um, that's pretty cool. And it's going to be a fun environment in Austin, a little chaotic, but luckily TC has done this twice before, you know, they've been at games that, you know, have had this kind of hype twice. So hopefully that helps them, but it'll be interesting for sure. I think it's interesting that in this game, first off, the marketing that TCU is getting, this is the most marketing I've ever seen TCU got. And it is a credit to what Sonny Dykes is allowing, really. Yeah, player. Okay, Fox, you want to interview with the player? Okay, Mark, who is the head of that department? Okay, allow it. More access, more access to the players, more access to the university, to branding, basically. And I, I think if... Gary Patterson was more open to marketing TCU. They would be a bigger name today than, than they are. And that just wasn't the case. He That's not how he wanted to run the program. So for Sonny Dykes to be on the call right after the ranking show and he's interviewing is so good. But th this game against Texas, ESPN has them favored by seven points. So not only as the home team are they getting three points, but they're getting four extra points as well. So ESPN likes them big. They like them. They, they're giving them a 73% chance to win this game. So it almost seems like everybody's buying in, into Texas right, right now. Uh, and obviously for a reason that Gary Patterson is on the opposing sidelines. So getting into this game, it's a night game. It's going to be in Austin. I, I can't, I mean, TCU's dominated them since they got to the Big 12. I'm not sure if it's a rivalry game, but in-state rivalry, okay? Let's just call it in-state rivalry game. This is possibly the biggest game of TCU season so far. They are the underdog. They're the number four team in the country, but they're coming in as an underdog. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but... This will be the second time that TCU will be hosted, uh, that will be headlined by College Game Day. But getting into the game itself, I assume Quentin Johnston will be in this game, will play in this game. Also, Texas is pulling out all the stops for, for this game. Obviously, you already know who they have making the game plan for our offense, Coach Patterson, but they are also hosting a freaking army of recruits. All, I, I believe they have about 10 five-stars they're hosting for the game. One of them is a guy who they flipped from Austin Westlake. Another one is a guy who decommitted from Texas A&M just about a few days ago. He will be yeah. in Austin now. So this they're rolling out the red carpet. Number 14 team coming into town. College game day is going to be here. Night game. Okay, so come on. It, it's on our home field. But what's going to go on between the sidelines focusing on TCU's defense. Okay. D winners won't be there the first half, which will be a hit, but this is my thing. Okay. Texas is being favored in some way. I can't understand it, but at the same time, we keep talking about talent, talent that is over there. They should win that. The talent that they have is SEC talent. First off, it's not SEC talent. Let's get that straight. If they were, if it was SEC talent, they'd be better than six and three. So, secondly, this is a team that is that is young. Let's let's put that out there. Is young. They have a quarterback who is 
overthrowing everybody and their mama, okay? But he's still such a good quarterback when, when he needs to be. This is going to be about stopping the run. This is what Texas thrives off of. Getting Bijan Robinson in space. Getting him the ball. He had a big game against Kansas State. This is going to be a game where Joseph Gillespie has to dial it up for Bijan Robinson. You don't let him come out of the backfield in the pass game, in the run game. You shut that down and... I don't think it's as crazy as some people may think, but this is a game where I believe Joseph Gillespie has to dare Quinn Ewers to win this game. Don't don't let Bijan Robinson in the offensive line win this game. Quinn Ewers, you beat us in this game. I think that's the approach that Joseph Gillespie is going to take in this game. Yeah, I think uh, kind of going on the flip side of that, when it comes to like, you know, the passing game, Quinn Ewers, I think his biggest thing right now, obviously, like you mentioned, he's super talented. He's overthrowing his receivers pretty often right now. But when he's on, it's just, I think one of his biggest things is the ease of which he throws the ball. It looks like he's barely even trying. And I think the biggest thing with him and his receivers Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, especially. I think they just don't have enough, like, chemistry. I think they just seem like they're on completely different pages sometimes. And with viewers, I think that we can't let him feel comfortable early in this game, which is going to be hard because I know that, you know, this TCU defense obviously has – um, given up a lot of points in the first half and then, you know, really cut teams off in the second half. But the biggest thing is once yours feels comfortable in the first half, you know, gets that those short throws going with receivers and then picks it up from there. I feel like once he gets that train going, there's no stopping them. So our defense is really going to have to work on stopping that early and not allowing that and just getting a lot of uh, pressure on the quarterback, um, but also just having the corners disrupt the receivers as well. Because Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington are really, really talented receivers as well. Um, And so those are the two biggest worries for me as far as our corners. And like you said, Bijan Robinson, I mean, everyone knows, but he's an amazing running back and – I, I agree with you. We have to have on the game plan, but, oh, I just feel like either way you go, they have some pretty, like, good weapons, but I think their pass game is definitely much weaker because you are just completely overthrowing people. Like, I think he was 19 for 39 against OSU, which is just, like, atrocious. Um and it just looks like he has no idea what he's doing. Um, so hopefully, you know, we're able to disrupt him and catch him on a, on a bad game. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So I think when it comes to the chemistry part of it, a lot of it does look like when I'm watching games, because I watched the Oklahoma State game, I watched the Kansas State game, I watched Alabama 
and I believe I watched, I think those are the three games that I watched the entirety of. And there, there were some other games like oh, Iowa State. These are some games where it looks like Quinn Ewers is off. Xavier Worthy didn't run the right route or he wasn't going where Quinn it was anticipating him. And that's what I think Quinn is, is an anticipation thrower. A guy who can throw somebody open or throws the ball where he expects the right wide receiver to be. If he's going for an out route and he makes a certain cut, Quinn isn't expecting that. He's expecting the out route. He's expecting him to be 15 yards along the sideline, not like a hitch type of route. So this is going to be, again, Bijan Robinson is a really good player. That is already a given. He is a guy who I think is going to go first round, even though my rule don't draft running backs in the first round. But I, I guess he's an ex, an exception an exception to that rule. But this is just all about stopping the run game. I think the interior of the Texas offensive line can be had, as I've stated before. I think they can get overpowered when it comes to the three three five, and like you said, kind of get pressure on them. The guy that brings pressure to Quinn Ewers is going to be out the first half of the game. That's D winners is the guy that Joseph Gillespie loves to send on that blitz. So now you're going to have to rely on Shadrick Banks, who is a, still a stud, Jamoy Hodge and Johnny Hodges now. So how do you attack that bunch? I, in the big 12, I didn't think I would say this, but I would dare Texas to beat us through the air in this game and i'll be quite honest with you if it does come to that i think tcu wins this game easily because i don't trust that pass game of texas not because they're not talented i just don't think they're not there yet and this is the biggest game that all of these players on texas have ever been in before yes this game is bigger than alabama because against alabama there were no stakes in that game it was just a big game alabama's coming to town now you have the number four team coming in, in-state rival, Gary Patterson, the former head coach and basically architect of this university we're about to play, is on our sideline. All of these recruits are in town, college game day, 6.30, night game, and a shot at the Big 12 championship is on the line. This is the biggest game, so how are how is Texas going to approach and play in this game? I have no idea. Now, flipping it, this is where I, I want to see something happen. TCU's offense playing Texas's defense, and I'll be the first to tell you, this defense can get had. This defense can have points scored on it. They can get ran on. They can get overpowered. They, they, they can get it all day, every day. I, I will say that. They do have talent, but I think the weakness, I know they they – pose as a solid run defense but i don't think they've played tcu's offensive line that's the thing i think it wouldn't surprise me if they come out and start strong in the first quarter but as that game goes on i think they will get overpowered but the biggest thing is obviously what's on the other sideline gary patterson recruited max duggan he knows max duggan's tendencies he knows his strengths he knows his weaknesses. He knows Max Duggan. What I'm curious of, which is in our favor, Max Duggan has been playing against GP's defense for the last three years. 
He's been scrimmaging against them, practicing against them. He knows GP's tendencies as well. And what we know, GP isn't willing to adapt. So if he is going to come with the same game plan that he is anticipating, that Sonny Dykes is anticipating, Sonny Dykes' offenses have dominated Gary Patterson's defenses as of late, which we have obviously not enjoyed. But hopefully we will enjoy that this Saturday, obviously since they're on opposite sides of the sidelines now. Max Duggan is going to have to play his best game, I I, I believe. Uh, Texas is going to get after him. They're going to send the blitz. They're going to rattle him. And I think this is a game where Gary Patterson is going to want, just like I said for Quinn, this is going to be a game where Gary says, we're not going to give you the run game. Max Duggan, beat us with your arm. And I think it's going to be the same way back and forth. Quarterbacks, beat us. This could get into a high-scoring game if TCU is not playing its best ball. What, what is your opinion? I want to hear your opinion on this. TCU's offense going against a defense you know is getting coached by Gary Patterson. He is just an assistant. He's an analyst. But this week, he is the defensive coordinator. What is? What do you think about this matchup? I think one of the biggest things for me is like, just looking at the series in general, like TCU obviously has dominated, I think like seven to three. Um, and that alone just tells me that TCU obviously, you know, has Texas's number and they know what to look out for. And so that specifically makes me wonder kind of what um, Gary Patterson has known to look out for in these games when facing Texas and how that's going to be able to give him insight into like, you know, telling Texas like, Hey, you know, whenever I played you guys, like fix these things. Cause that's kind of what we exploited, et cetera. So I mean, I'm curious at that aspect because it seems like every time like they played each other, it just knew like, like just was able to open up every single weakness that Texas had in just like just the right way. And that was across what three coaches too. Um, and so I am curious in like that aspect is, will he be able to kind of give them that advantage of like, this is what I did against y'all fix this and that'll help. But then on the same time, like, I believe Sonny Dykes was on, you know, the staff of TCU, I believe, for some of those matchups. Um, so that's interesting there. But no, I I agree in the aspect of that this Texas defense isn't as strong. And I think looking at it, they have improved significantly in pressuring the quarterback. And that's that, like, Gary Patterson influence for sure because even just from last year to this year I can see a huge improvement in pressuring the quarterback and I think the Alabama game specifically there were several plays I was like oh yeah you can you can definitely tell that um you know Gary Patterson's having a lot of influence in here but one of Texas biggest is like their biggest issue is they're tackling. They're just 
horrendous at tackling. I feel like they're able to like make contact, but then they can never wrap up and actually tackle a person. Um, so I think that's going to be huge in favor of TCU. Um, honestly, I think the TCU offense has a huge advantage in, in this aspect. And I think, you know, the Gary Patterson storyline and that whole regard, it's something to consider, but I don't think that's going to play into the game as much as people think it is. I think with him on one sideline, Sonny Dykes on the other, and then obviously Max Duggan. And then we've had a few transfers from Texas to TCU as well. Um, and maybe vice versa. But I think honestly, all of that stuff might just offset in my opinion. And that may not be true, but I think in general, it might just offset in the fact that everyone's going to be thinking three steps ahead to kind of counteract what everyone's doing. Um, to where it just like won't even matter but oh I think at the end of the day with Gary Patterson being on the other side I think it's more going to be a mental game it's just going to be like a kind of like a mind game it's going to be something like in your head and to think about you know like that's the guy that recruited me that's the guy that you know was my coach for so many years chose me as the starter etc um, and so that's something to think about but I think TCU has a huge advantage. Like Max Duggan, I think, can exploit this defense. Like there's just so many holes in it, I would say. Um, I, yeah, I definitely like TCU in this aspect, but I really just don't think that the Gary Patterson thing will be a huge issue. I don't know. What do you think? I think also having other transfers, like you said, like a Jared Wiley. He's been in yeah. that offense. He knows that offense. And he also scrimmaged and went against guys like DeMarvian Overshawn. He knows what, like a tight end, a linebacker matchup. You know exactly. how many times he got that in, hey, how many times he got that in practice? He knows his tendencies. He knows his weaknesses. He knows those guys over there. So you kind of have kind of inside track to each other. But at the end of the day, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this game started out slow. I would not be surprised. Everybody's guessing, like you said, Everybody's guessing what they're going to do. They're doing what they thought they would do. And then when you go in the second half and go to adjustments, you come out and it might be a high scoring game in, in yeah. the second half. Uh, but I think the defense of TCU, this isn't like 2015 where you got the offense, but you can't rely on your defense. You can rely on this defense. This defense has shown and proven to be one of the best second half defenses in the entire college football. And that was uh, that was respected in the committee. They said the second half uh, performances that they've had this season uh, and only allowing about, what, 16, 23 points in the second half entirety in the last month, that is improvement. So going on the road in a hostile environment, this is going to be Texas. It's going to be loud. It's going to be rowdy. Texas hates TCU, and I think their hate for TCU is growing. It's never going to touch Oklahoma. Never going to touch. But I think it has reached that level of Texas Tech hate because of what TCU has done in the past. So now this is I think this is going to be a good game. This is going to be the headliner for Saturday. But I feel like ultimately 
if Quentin Johnston can or can't go in this game, I still think this is a game that you have to make it the Kendra Miller and Amari DiMercato game. You have to. I get you want to throw the ball, you want to throw it around, but like you said, and that was gonna, I was gonna get to that point. This team is bad at tackling. Force those linebackers to tackle DiMercato, to tackle Miller. Force those guys. Force them in yeah. space. Offensive line, weigh that defensive line down. Weigh them down. Me personally, I don't know why Kansas State went back to Adrian Martinez. I really don't know why because he's clearly not the better quarterback in that room. But I didn't win three national championships at North Dakota State. So I I can't make that decision. But I feel good about this game. I feel good about this game. I was a lot more nervous about Texas Tech because this was going to be their Super Bowl. I think this game... I think TCU's kind of refocused a little bit. They're not too much in the hype. They're not watching all the shows, listening to all the podcasts, talking about them. It's just about Texas this week. We're number four. Let's keep that going. Let's keep it going. So I think this is both of these teams' Super Bowls. I didn't think I would be saying that earlier in the year, but this is Texas's biggest game. This is TCU's biggest game. So... All hands on deck. The gloves are about to come off Saturday night in Austin. And these two teams are going to go at it. So the entire country likes Texas. Vegas likes Texas. ESPN likes Texas. They're the number 18 team in the country. They're at home. They're almost in the catbird seat. It's almost like everybody is on their side. This is what you call a true road game for TCU. And this is what I believe you truly need on the resume if you want to kind of escape that number four ranking and be in that two or three realm. So it's time for predictions, Adriana. Unless you have anything else on this game. The only other thing that I'd say is that just because you brought it up is that I don't necessarily, I don't think I would say that Texas hates TCU more than TCU hates Texas. I would say that TCU hates Texas more, honestly. Really? Yes. I feel like I hate Baylor more than I do Texas. I don't think that TCU hates Texas more than, like, anyone, but I think that – actually, yeah, I'm – well – I don't say that TCU hates Texas more than anyone, but I would say that they hate them much more than Texas hates TCU. It's very much a one-sided hatred. Okay. I, I, I respect like, that. I, I got I that. I like everyone has like beef with Texas because like they're Texas, if that makes sense, which might be an annoying thing to say. Uh, I, I, I guess. I think, yeah, I, I understand what you're talking about. Like, oh, they're the big brand. They're getting all these five stars and everything. Like they hate them. They're buying them and everything. I I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. But then I, feel I have like, bigger hate for Baylor and Texas tech than I do Texas. Honestly. I'd agree with that. I think just since coming to like starting to come to TCU, I was like, wow, I did not realize <laughs> how much everyone hates UT. Like, wow, this is just a big thing. And maybe I'm, I'm definitely not more sensitive to it because, you know, I'm partially, you know, a UT fan. 
but but majority I, a TCU fan. I am, but I think that I just didn't realize that until I came here and was like, wow, I really thought Baylor was our our big beef. Yeah, but then I guess Texas just really gets under everyone's skin for some reason. Yeah, and so, that's also this has been a tale of two halves for both teams the entire year. Texas performs horribly in the second half. TCU just lights it up in the second half. I'm not sure if those two will be a factor in this game. I, I don't know because this is a game where these two teams are going to give each other their best shot. They're going to give each other the best shot. And I think TCU came out stumbling a little bit against Texas Tech. All the noise, all the hype, you know, not not really focused. This is a game where I think they're focused. I mean, even Sonny Dykes has stated this is a game where I think we're we're gonna they're gonna give the team a little bit more rest. You know, let them sleep in thirty minutes, little a little bit more, and those will add up. So I don't expect to hear an announcement about Quentin Johnston up, uh, until game time. I mean, we all know this. Yeah, there's no fans, no media. No former players allowed at practice. Sonny Dykes knows what time it is. He he knows what time it is. He knows how dangerous of a coach Gary Patterson is. He knows how intelligent of a coach he is. And if there's anybody that's good at poker faces, that's good at mind games in the media, it is Gary Patterson. Because how many times did we not know the status of anybody injury-wise? Because Gary Patterson, oh, well, you'll find out Saturday. So now we we don't know about Quentin Johnston until 6.15, I would say. 6.15, 6 o'clock, 30 minutes before the game. So keep Gary Patterson on his toes. But I feel like you have the pass game as a luxury. But I think this is a game where you just sit there and say and dare Texas to stop you from running the football. I want to see that, honestly, because I think – even though Texas might be more talented, and I think any coach will tell you this, we don't give a damn about talent. Texas can have all the talent they want. Are they tough? Are they strong? Do they have a much bigger will to win than the other team? That just that cannot get bought. I don't care what booster is at Texas. They can't buy a will to win. They can't buy toughness. They can buy talent but they can't buy everything that goes inside that heart and that pure will of a player. And I think they do have some players on there, but if I had to sit here and say which team wants this more, I will say TCU because they have much more on the line and it's almost to the point we're here now. Why drop one? So I think we've said and hyped this matchup enough. And I think it's time to put our monies where our mouth are. Okay. So Adrian, I'm gonna put you on the spot. I want you to go first. All right. Prediction time. Prediction. Um I'm gonna go TCU 38, Texas 31. And I will say that I went back and forth with this one. I know everyone's favoring Texas, and I thought about it myself just because of the kind of team that they are when they are at their like full strength and seeing how unstoppable they can be. But I really just don't think that they, 
seeing how far they have to go until they're at that point. And I'm not sure that they're able to live up to the moment at this point. Knock on wood. So TCU 38, Texas 31. And something you touched on at the very end there, Texas awful in the fourth quarter. TCU, as we know, like great and making a comeback, closing out games. Um, and I think that is going to be a huge factor here. Um, and I definitely consider that in my prediction. So 38-31, TCU. What about you? All right. Uh, I did go back and forth because I tried to understand the hype behind Texas. And I definitely got it. They're off. They're riding high after beating Kansas State. They're hosting a lot of recruits. Game day is there. Apparently not to follow Texas. They're there for the TCU story. And I'm pretty sure they're going to pull out all the stops. I wouldn't be surprised if Vince Young is there. If Matthew McConaughey, you know, he's going to be there. I wouldn't be surprised if Colt McCoy is there. Or I think he has a – is he still in the NFL? I think he is. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if all the stars come out for Texas in this game. So I'm going to go with uh, with TCU in, in this game. Uh, I think they are a better football team. I think they're built better. I think they're coached better. And I just think they're a better football team. So the score that I'm going to go with, I think it's going to be TCU 45 Texas 34. I think we could see a little bit of scoring there in the in the first quarter or in the first half might carry on into the third. But I think what TCU has shown is that as the game goes on, they get better. And that's that that's what I'm rolling with. So TCU 45, Texas 34. That's how hot how I have it. Another thing that I actually wanted to touch on before we get out of here. It's a tight race in the Big 12, okay? With a win on Saturday, TCU can punch its ticket to Arlington. And I'll tell you this. As soon as they do that, I'm buying my tickets, just so you know. I've already bought my tickets to next week's game in Waco. I will be there for that game. But speaking of Waco, Baylor versus Kansas State. Four teams in the running for the Big 12 championship. TCU obviously controls its own destiny. Texas controls its own destiny. Baylor and Kansas State need a little bit of help because Kansas State has dropped to TCU and Texas. Baylor has yet to play TCU or Texas. So in a way, Baylor still kind of controls their destiny. So now, who are you going with on Saturday, Baylor or Kansas State in that game? Oh, I think I'm going to go with Baylor, honestly which is surprising for me, but I think I'm going to go with Baylor on this one. I don't know. I think I just um, feel, I don't know. I'm trying to think like Kansas state. Let's see. I'm trying to remember. Who did Kansas state play last week? Texas. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go Baylor on this one because I think that Texas lost like mentally. I feel like that's a big one. Honestly, I feel like that's a game that they should have won, if I'm being honest. Um, And so you I feel like you go one of two ways. Obviously, you either make a comeback or 
you just kind of let it keep going and you lose again. Um, so I'm going Baylor on this one. Okay. I think that they're they're gonna beat them. Yeah, I think I think Baylor is gonna win this game too. And it and it's crazy. In, in a way, it almost hurts TCU's resume because you always want Kansas State or Oklahoma State to be up there in the top 15 and say, hey, we have a top 15 win. But I think it just goes to show you the more parity that there is in the Big 12, the better that, honestly, the resume may be. They may not have the top 10 win like LSU does. But, man, you know what? They have wins over five ranked teams after after this weekend. So who else can say they've beat five ranked teams after this weekend? No one except TCU. And can you imagine if Baylor wins, beats a ranked Kansas State, and then they end up getting ranked? Right. And so TCU has another opportunity to beat a yeah. ranked squad? Honestly, it wouldn't be horrible if Baylor won because that could help them be ranked. And then, I don't know, the possibilities See, in the Big 12 are just crazy. You understand the assignment. You understand it. So other than but, that, guys, uh, other than that, have a good weekend. Have a good week. Definitely get some sleep. Enjoy Saturday, okay? Do what you got to do. Do your grocery shopping. Do your shopping. Go visit the family, the grandkids. But when it comes time for 630, you better be watching TCU in Austin because I think it's going to be a show. I think they're going to put on a show in Austin, and hopefully they pull out that win. So other than that, Adriana, any other closing remarks? Nope. I'm excited to be in Austin this weekend. It's going to be a fun game. All right. Are you going to be up in the clouds with the TCU band or you got better tickets than they do? Um, I think we might've got like a little better tickets. Okay. I bought them in August. Cause I was like, Oh, you bought them in August. Oh, you yeah. lucky son of a dog. I bought them a long time ago. I was like, I'm not waiting for, for these to go up because you made the right plays Alabama close at all. These tickets are skyrocketing. Yeah, so. I think I looked at these tickets. I, I wasn't planning on going to this one. I'm, I'm going to the Baylor one next week. But, yeah, these tickets are like at 350 now. And it's They're like, ridiculous. They they yeah. went, they went shot up when they said it was going to be 630. So before yeah. I think it was like at 270. And when Two, they announced yeah. a night game, they shot up again. So right mm-hmm. now, as soon as TCU punches its ticket to the Big 12 championship, I'm going and getting tickets right then and there in that in that For sure. So, um, hey, we're still on the quest, uh, but hopefully this week is nothing but Texas. Hopefully it's nothing but focus on Texas, focus on beating Texas and not listening to outside noise. So other than that, guys, this has been another fun episode of the Purple Rain podcast. We talked about Texas Tech, them being salty and everything, and we talked about the college football rankings. We also talked about TCU heading to Austin for a big matchup. College game day will be there. Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreit going to be on the call. They're going to be the main attraction on Saturday night. You just love it. I, I love and miss these times when – the entire country is watching TCU. I get it. So, and I already got friends that are oddly Indiana Hoosier fans, but are talking to me about football. Ain't, ain't that weird? So, uh, they're yeah. pulling for Texas. I'm pulling for TCU. We're pulling for TCU. So, guys, thank you for tuning in. We will be back with you guys next week to talk about the result of the game, maybe the new ranking that we will have, 
and much, much more on the show. We'll see you guys later.